0: And there you are. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, this is Craig back from StopDrinkingExpert.com. We're back live, Wednesday, twenty-eighth of September. How are you all, my sober army? Um, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the comments. It's amazing. Um, I'm so, I'm sorry to go on about it so much. Honestly, my desk here is just covered in doctor's notes. Receipts for blood tests, Ah, uh, oh, this has just been going on for so long, it's completely dominating my life, but uh, anyway, let's try and talk about brighter things, uh, and let's catch up again, because it's been a couple of weeks since we've all been together, uh, it's the usual format guys, this is open house, uh, you can talk about anything you want, any problems, any stumbling block blocks, it doesn't even have to be about alcohol, anything that's kind of weighing on your mind, causing your problems. Of course, if it is about alcohol, then great, whether you want to share what's working for you or whether you want to share what's tripping you up or maybe what's stopping you pulling that trigger and taking that first step because, uh, you know, any big life change requires that first step. And the first step is always the hardest. It's always the most difficult. Um, So let's say hello to a few people. Uh, Steve Coates is here. Uh, Afternoon, all from West Yorkshire, four days short of two months and loving every minute. The weight is going. I'm exercising and sleeping, eating better than ever. Uh, All right, this alcohol free life. Thanks, Craig. Which part of West Yorkshire are you in, Steve? I know West Yorkshire very well. Um, Ronnie, hello, everyone. So looking forward to our live chat today. Uh, We're all grateful you are here, Craig. Thank you, Ronnie. Appreciate that. Slavy D, good morning to you, Craig. Sending much love from California. Uh, Facebook user. Good morning from Ohio. Good to see you back. Thank you very much. Uh, Leslie, good to see you again. And good morning. Uh, James Blue is here in New York. Uh, O'Neill, good morning. Hope you get well soon. Thank you, O'Neill. Appreciate that. Stormy Else, good morning from Arizona. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, Stormy. Uh, Tracy is in South Texas. James, uh, glad you're on top of this, Craig. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm on top of it. Uh, but I'm I'm getting away with it uh, uh, Mutaba, hope you're better brother thank you uh, I'm trying my best to get there uh, noob Slayer hello Tom Tubbs hi Craig from sunny Florida 80 days tomorrow well wow, that's excellent very good Robert booth hi Craig hope you're feeling okay okay Pamela use uh, hi from PA um proud to be sober it's a good place to be um alita good morning from houston good to see you Uh, Lindsay. good morning craig thank you very much ellie is here from florida uh laura happy to see you back we're watching while riding out the hurricane in southwest florida wow uh anata nine months with your course nine months is fantastic just watch out uh, anata there is a one-year trapdoor. Uh, and I tell you this now so that you're prepared for it. Because in 12 years of doing this, uh, I've heard this story over and over again. There seems to be something about that one-year anniversary that trips people up. Uh, and the thought process goes like this. It's, you think, one year, really one year, and it wasn't even difficult. Actually, it was pretty easy. And once you start saying things like that to yourself, the evil clown wakes up from his slumber and he goes, okay, I've got a a golden opportunity here to plant a seed. And the evil clown says to you, what if you never had a problem in the first place? Maybe it was easy because you never had a problem with alcohol at all. And there's a part of you who goes, yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe I was just being overdramatic. Maybe I was just making a big fuss over nothing. I wasn't a problem drinker. I was just drinking too much. And before you know it, you're saying those five most dangerous words on planet Earth. Just one drink, one hurt. And you're accepting that glass of champagne at the wedding that's been given out free. Or you're on a flight and the air hostess, the air studess, comes down the aisle and she says, glass of champagne. And just in that briefest moment, you think. Yeah, I can probably do one. Trust me, what's about to begin is at least three months of torture. You'll go through a process over three months before you eventually wrestle back control. I've seen it so many times. So congratulations on nine months. Fantastic. But heads up and remember these words. Remember this moment in three months' time uh, when you're celebrating that one-year anniversary, okay? Uh, Rob Woods. Hi, Rob. Uh, Facebook user. Hi, Craig. Anka from Romania, Romanka. Uh, not sober yet, but hopefully will be soon. Uh, which part of Romania are you from, uh, Anka? My uh, my wife is Romanian from uh, Bucharest. Uh, Gregorz, welcome. Um, Doug, evil clown hit me after three months. Ah, gutting. How did he get you, Doug? What what did he whisper in your ear that you thought, yeah, okay, that makes sense? Um, and have you learned from it? Is Because, you know, it's okay. You know, failure is inevitable. Failure is is part of life. That's how we learn, isn't it, by failing, failing, failing. Yeah. And as long as you don't just keep repeating the same mistakes over and, again, over and over again, we can call that progress. So what did he say to you that got you so that we can learn from that, Doug? Uh, Nancy in, I'm guessing that's New Jersey. Three weeks, feeling better than ever. Uh, you've been an amazing help. I love the hypnosis tracks, among many other things. Thank you. Well done, Nancy. Congratulations. Uh, oh, Click the wrong one there. Uh, Steve in Newcastle Like, Hi, Steve. Uh, Melissa. Hello. Thank you for all your sharing. Uh, you've completely helped create a huge shift in my whole entire world. I am here for my children. Excellent. Good. Um. Alexander, uh, good morning. Hello. Thanks for keeping Wednesday the live ah keeping Wednesday the live session, I'm guessing that means. Uh Leslie, after driving away from old drinking friends, I met a new group. We go out and see live bands, which I love, but do they ever live to drink? They seem uncomfortable. I don't. Where is the in-between? Fun people who don't drink. I enjoy staying in more uh, and my own company now. Is that norm? You know what? I think it depends on your personality, Leslie. Um, If you're an introvert, then I think that is the norm. I think uh, what is an introvert, first of all, because a lot of people don't know. An introvert, the way you find out if you're an introvert or an extrovert is what is your default position? So on a normal day, the end of a working day, what is your default position? Do you want to go home and be on your own or be with just family and that's it? Or do you want to go out? Do you want to head the bar? What's your default? For me, I'm an introvert. I know I am. I've got a crazy overactive brain. I can be an extrovert when I want to be, but it exhausts me. You know, if I, for example, when I do a boot camp, it's like at, at the end of boot camp, even as though all I've done is talk for six hours, I feel like I've been hit by a truck because I'm an introvert. And so it sucks a whole heap of energy out of me to be an extrovert. I can do it, but it's hard work for me. So I think, you know, and and actually the 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 needle is very much in introverted territory when it comes to who's got a drinking problem. Most of the people I speak to on this coaching program are introverts. And I think the reason for that is that we have this crazy powerful brain That is a blessing and a curse. It's you know, it gives us creativity, it gives us opportunity, it gives us a chance to excel and be special in life. That's the blessing. The curse is it never shuts up. It's always thinking. It's always coming up with problems to be solved. It's always asking you questions like, "How do you know your kids are safe? What what, if your son does that? Then here are the ten things that could go wrong. You better plot how you're going to deal with each of those ten things. And what about your daughter? You see, and it's always throwing up these things and it just never stops and i think as introverts we find a liquid substance we drink it and we go ah oh, the noise has stopped and this is how we introverts get drinking problems so i think for people like me the norm you know 80 percent of the time is to be on your own is to be with Your wife your husband your family and that's it not to be in a big social circle but and that that might sound depressing but actually once you come to accept it it's fine once you've accepted that's who you are you don't feel lonely you don't feel like you're failing or you're missing out you just accept that's who i am that's the way it goes Uh, and everything's okay i'd say about five years ago i had a real struggle Not even more than that, like seven years ago, something like that. I had a real struggle with loneliness, feeling like I should be, you know, I should have more friends. I should have a bigger social circle. And as much as I try to force myself into that, it never really felt comfortable for me. I had a very low tolerance (laughs) of most people that I met. And it's only recently that I've kind of gone, this is who I am. This is what I need when it comes to human interaction and everything else other people can do. I don't need it. And I've kind of made peace with it. And now I never feel lonely. I never feel like I should be somewhere else. So a very long convoluted answer to your question, but it is the norm depending on your personality type. Um, You know, you can't change other people, Leslie. You know, if they want to drink, if they want to look down on you for not drinking, then that's that's, that's their business. You just be uber confident in who you are as a person. Love that you're sober be proud of your sobriety wear it as a badge of honor and don't care what people think about you you know it's like you know if you got in with a gang who thought you were weird because you had brown hair would you care really would you be like oh yeah they're probably right i should probably die it you'd think weirdos and that's i think that's the best attitude to have it's not it's not your problem it's their problem um Let's have a look what we got here. Uh, gracias, muchas gracias, uh, Yaritsa I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult you by attempting your surname, but thank you very much for the comment. It's good to have you here. Uh, I don't think I've seen you here before, so if you're a newbie, excellent, welcome. Uh, and also uh, Liuste uh, from Greece, Athens, fantastic. Uh, Let's have a look uh motaba 80 days sober but i'm not happy and all the time bored what can i do yeah it's a common problem you know because quitting alcohol f- makes the days longer if when you were drinking the days were 24 hours long and then you go sober you'll find that the days are actually now 28 hours long uh, and that's you know initially that's like wow great i got more time But it's not always a good thing, because you got to fill it. you got to fill that time with something productive. Because if you just sit on your sofa for those four extra hours a day, twiddling your thumbs, eventually you're going to think, I'm bored, I'm lonely. And the clown is going to go, hey, I can fix this for you. Just have a drink. And it's going to sound logical. It's going to make sense. And you might be tempted. So you got to make yourself uncomfortable, unfortunately. If you're comfortable, then you know you're in the wrong place. There's nothing in your comfort zone that's going to help here. So you got to push yourself to do new stuff. Uh, And that might be inconvenient. You know, you might have to sign up for night classes or sign up to learn a language or sign up for an art class that happens in the evening. And you might, you know, you might get home from work and be thinking, oh, God, the last thing I want to do now is go out. Uh, I've just worked all day. Now I've got to go out again. Understand that that inconvenience, that discomfort is a good thing. Embrace the discomfort of it. So you need to think back to things that you used to love doing before alcohol got in the way. There will be things that you used to really enjoy. And you let them go because either you couldn't do it while drunk or you didn't have the time because you were drinking all the time. For me, uh, when I was younger, I used to love martial arts. I used to love judo. I used to love photography. Um uh I used to do loads of things, but they all went. And for about 15 years, my default activity was sitting in my lazy boy armchair, drinking wine, watching the TV. Anything else went out the window. So when you stop drinking, you gotta say, what did I used to what, what did I used to love doing? And then commit to it. All right, make yourself uncomfortable, do something new. Um <laughs> Trish, greetings from the beach in Florida We're under a mandatory evacuation due to a hurricane So many opportunities to fail at sobriety Each one gives me more fortitude uh, Always mindful of those five words Yeah uh, You know, in a hurricane The the one thing you really don't want to be is drunk You're not going to make good decisions um, When you're drunk in a hurricane So keep your wits about you you got to protect your family, right? Um chris finally i got you live uh still dry and all thanks to you craig ps how do you make how do you make any money how do you make any money the chats alone did it for me uh <laughs> uh well <laughs> i don't know this is a, it's a a strange question um well you know i do the course the course is a paid thing uh, i have my books which people buy i have my audio books that people download um don't worry about me, Chris. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry. Um, let's see. Lynn, I have to share this. My friend has asked me twice to see if I would taste her drink uh, to see if they gave her the right alcohol drink, and she knows that I'm off the alcohol. Any advice, Craig? Well, you just got to change the substance, Lynn. That, that's ridiculous. Uh and it's it sounds evil it sounds like your friends you know deliberately trying to trip you up and she is but not consciously subconsciously your sobriety is causing her psychological pain and she has whether she's conscious of this or not she has two choices there is no debate over what happens. She has to get rid of that pain, all right? That, that emotional pain that she's feeling has to go. That's just programmed into her body. So she's got two, to- two choices. She can stop drinking, and the pain will go away. Or she can get you drinking again, and the pain will go away. The path of least resistance, as in the, the path here that requires least effort on her part, is to get you drinking again. And her subconscious mind is saying, if she has one drink, it will be enough. To hook her back in, and her subconscious mind is right. Now, the way to, you know, what we tend to do is we tend to be over polite in this situation. Um, You know, someone will say, Oh, can you just taste this? And we go, Oh, no, 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 I can't. You know, oh, no. We're very polite and we're very nice about it, very smiley. We say, Oh, no, 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 you know, I can't. And we're overly nice about it. Change the situation. Imagine you've just struggled for six months of your life to become a vegan. You didn't enjoy the process. You had cravings for your old favorites. You found that clothes shopping became almost impossible. Literally every piece of clothing that you wanted to buy, you couldn't because it didn't meet your new vegan standards. And you resisted and you struggled and you found it awful. And after six months, you finally got into a place where you thought, I'm vegan and I love it. And then your friend comes up to you and says, just have a bite of this sausage to make sure it's a real sausage, will you? Wouldn't you be really offended? Wouldn't you be like, what the, Do you, you know what I've just been through in six months to get here. Why would you do that to me? Why would, do you not like me? Do you hate me? Why would you do that? You wouldn't be all polite about it, would you? You wouldn't be, oh no, no, I can't have a sausage. You'd be upset, you'd be offended. And I think you have every right to be with alcohol as well. Don't be too nice about it. Just say, you know, I don't drink. Why would you do that? Pause for their answer. Put the focus on them. Um, Let's have a look. Doug. Oh, this is what tripped you up, is it, Doug? Uh, Moved back to the summer home. Most of my friends drink. Going back to winter home, most of them do not drink. We'll start again. Hopefully, lesson learned. So yeah, lesson learned, but some planning required because presumably at some point, in fact, next year, you'll be going back to that summer home. How are you going to deal with that? How do you ingrain this into your life so that you can anticipate those hurdles that are going to come up as your social circle changes? Stormy. I'm definitely an introvert and I used alcohol to be social. Perfect. Exactly. So did I. Uh, I was a right party animal, but only with alcohol in me. Um. Trevor from High, I've struggled to chain days together in stopping. I don't know if it helps. I've heard putting 1,000 milligrams of uh, L-glutamine under your tongue tongue can stop a craving, including sweets. Have you heard of this? And is it valid? I have heard of glutamine. Um, I've not used it. I don't know anyone who swears by it. I've heard positive things about it. Uh, in my experience, the solution is never external. It, it can be, but it's rarely, all right? Never is the wrong word. The solution is always internal for me. Uh, all the problems you have with alcohol, cravings and, you know, uh, activating anchors and uh, that sensation of missing out these are all things that you deal with internally there's no there's no magic tablet that you can take there's no magic supplement there's no silver bullet uh that works 100 of the time for everyone there may be things that help um but i wouldn't put all your faith and hope in an amino acid uh just you know if it sounds too good to be true it probably is And this is why in the course, I talk about doing the four things. (laughs) All right, four things. (laughs) Let me just check that brain MRI again. Um, Which is a combination of tapping therapy, um, pattern interrupts, hypnotherapy, and just stopping that subconscious program running in your head. Because us drinkers, we have all these programs that have been built over decades of alcohol consumption. That automatically fire off whether we want them to or not. So you've got to stop them running. Because we know if you stop them running often enough, they lose power. They get weaker. They physically reduce in size. So that's kind of your longer-term uh, way of dealing with this. All right? So check back into the course, Trevor, and go over those four things. All right? Thomas. Uh, Tom Galena, Illinois I've been battling COVID for almost six weeks Wow, my mom got it today Which is really bad Because they were supposed to fly off on vacation tomorrow For two weeks And my mom just rang me, she got COVID Um, I cannot imagine winning this fight If I was drinking Thank you Craig for helping me get sober Long before I knew that I really needed to be sober You're very welcome, congratulations Um, (laughs) Brad, you've got a good memory Brad uh, good morning, Craig. Can you give an update on the dog's health? <laughs> Hope they're all right. Uh, the dog that we had all the problems. In fact, we spent two thousand euro at the vet uh, with one of our dogs. Uh, I actually thought he was going to die. Um, and in fact, I said to the vet, "He's going to die, isn't he? And he's only one year old." So it was it was like really crazy. But he just he just went downhill so quickly. Uh, he had. Uh, something called a migrating foreign body, which is when something gets inside the system like a grass seed or you know with a barbed end on it, and it just floats around the body, puncturing organs as it goes. Uh, it can be fatal, um, and we never really found it. He had MRI scans, CT scans, um, endoscopies, X-rays, ultrasound, and we never found the foreign object. So his body must have expelled it somehow or just dissolved it or something. Uh, but he's he's 100% back to full health. And thank you for asking. Um, sad news. Yesterday, my friend died due to alcohol abuse, a young man. And I thank you again with all my heart. It's, uh, it's, it's sad. I know, I know three or four people now uh, who I've worked with in the past, uh, about my age, who are now dead because of their alcohol use. Um Leslie, uh, I love that answer, Craig. You hit the nail on the head. Yes, that is exactly how I feel. Thank you. And that overactive mind, absolutely. Thank goodness for mindfulness. Thank you, Craig. Um, hi, Michael. Michael Dole. Congratulations. Keep going. <laughs> Good question. How do you handle when your spouse says, They liked you more when you were drinking. Um, I think that says more about them than it says about you, really. Um, Because it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, unless there's some pretty negative thinking going on in their head. Because when you drink, you become a lesser person. You are uh, a less impressive human being. Then you would be sober. Your intelligence is massively reduced when you drink alcohol. You are effectively stupid. So why would your partner want you stupid? I would say, does he or she feel inferior about their own intelligence? Does your stupidity make them feel better about themselves? Does your drunkenness deflect from their own drinking problem? I think, you know, while... You might have a partner, and I've heard this before. Um, I've heard this before, you know, partners who said to their their respective other, you know, uh, you're not as much fun as you used to be. Um, You've become so serious uh, all of a sudden. We don't laugh as much as we used to and all this sort of stuff. Uh, And it's easy to take that personally and and think, oh my God, am I I really boring these days? Am I really a terrible person? the opposite is true. You are, you know, when you're sober, you are genuinely yourself. When you're drunk, you are a inferior version of yourself. That doesn't make logical sense for someone to want to be with the inferior version of you. However, like most of these accusations and complaints from friends and family, it's not conscious. I'm sure when your husband or your wife who says to you, you know, I used to like you better when you were drinking, that makes perfect sense to them. But there's something underneath that. There's some pain inside themselves that they're trying to get away from. And they've identified you as the source of that pain, which is a a misdirection. It's a sleight of hand by the evil clown. The evil clown doesn't want your partner to be going, Yeah, I should do this too. So it's creating a sleight of hand. And that's all that's happening. All you got to do is lead by example, you know, Uh, it's their problem. You do you. Let them do them. Uh, you're not going to go back to drinking just to please them. So they're just going to have to get used to it uh, and deal with their own problems. I never realised how calorie dense alcohol is. I would drink so many beers, um, which was so many calories and no nutritional value. Yeah, you know, you drink a can of lager, can of beer same of same as eating a snickers bar. Now you wouldn't sit every night and eat eight snickers bars, would you? But you would you'd have eight you'd have eight lagers, wouldn't you? You'd have you know five or six glasses of wine, but you wouldn't sit and have five or six chocolate bars or eight snickers bars in a row every night of the week, would you? They, you'd think, this has got to stop, this is nuts. And if anyone saw you doing that. Lining up eight Snickers bars every night. Wouldn't they go, look, come here, we need to talk. We need to have a word about this Snickers bar thing because it's very bad. It's true, though. We just don't like to think about it. Correct, Slavi. It's all about falling in love with sobriety. It is. Um... Yeah. Gabriel or Gabrielle, uh, would you recommend hospitalization for alcohol withdrawal? Of course. Um, But I'm not a doctor, and I'm not here to give medical advice, of course. Uh, If you are physically addicted to alcohol and you have a withdrawal, um, you know, and you, you physically can't operate without alcohol, you're going to need medical supervision to come off it. And it can be dangerous for you to try and go cold turkey. So I would always, no matter what your status or what the amount you're drinking, Advise that you do any lifestyle change, especially with alcohol, under the supervision of a doctor. Um, Gabriel says, let's get the likes up, people. Good call. Let's do that now. If you're sitting watching this video, it will take you about one second to click the like button. Do that for me because it helps out big time. Um Thank you, Ron. I pushed the like tab. Good man. I get asked the same. This is from John. I get asked the same by the next door neighbor. Every single time I see him, uh, I want to drink. He knows I don't drink. Yeah. They want you in the gang because they really believe there is safety in numbers. There isn't. There is no safety. Uh, Emily, hope you're feeling better, Craig. Uh, a little, Emily. I'm still not out of the woods. I got a lot of symptoms today. <sighs> trying to ignore it. Um, let's have a look. Okay, how many we got? We got 20 people. Um, okay, uh, I really wanted to share a video with you today. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find this video I wanted to share with you. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is good. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. All right. We'll come back to that. Let's just see if I've got any more questions here. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, for anyone thinking they're missing out on the, you know, the elegance and the finery of alcohol, like a single malt whiskey, like a glass of red wine with your meal, these sort of, you know, champagne, that sort of thing. These types of alcohol are always portrayed as being sexy, as being a mark of elegance, have been an indicator of someone who's living a fine life. All right. Uh, There's a great... TV commercial that was out many years ago in Sweden that initially looks like it's a commercial for whiskey. And then there's a twist. So we'll finish today on this and I want to play you this commercial. Watch it to the end and see what you think and tell me in the comments below what you think. All right, here it is. For six generations. The house of Taman has created an exceptionally smooth experience. It comes from carefully selected ingredients and the purest spring water. Taman. smoothness in a bottle. But there's more than smoothness. In Sweden, for example, one in five children suffer because their mum or dad drinks too much. Eight out of ten acts of violence in public places are alcohol related. And more than 320,000 Swedes are addicted to alcohol. Now, how smooth is that? How good is that great isn't it really to just change your thinking midway through love it tell me what you think in the comments below thanks so much hopefully uh if i'm still alive (laughs) i'll be here with you um next time uh next wednesday so thanks for watching and uh, have an amazing sober weekend if you are worried about your drinking do yourself a favor click on the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com, sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar, and I'll tell you all about my course that has helped hundreds of thousands of people just like you to quit drinking. Thanks a lot. See you in the next video.